Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti sitting down today with writer Kyle Starks. Kyle is a two-time Eisner-nominated creator that you probably know from projects like Rick and Morty, The Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, and one of my personal favorites, Rock Candy Mountain. Today, he was kind enough to join me to talk about his new Image Comics horror project, I Hate This Place. Thanks for joining me today, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm real excited to talk about this new book. So what's I Hate This Place about? Uh, yeah, so I Hate This Place is about a uh, a couple that inherits a ranch, and when they arrive, they find it's uh, awful. It's the most paranormal place on Earth. It has, uh, it has ghosts, and it has monsters, and it has lights in the sky, and uh, it's a spooky. We're happy to be telling a spooky. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good time. I, we're kind of going for like, uh, we want to go kind of as if, all of the genres of horror existed in sort of like a, a lost type place. Uh, so like, what is this place and why are the things happening as they sort of navigate all of these awful things, which will escalate as the story goes on. Uh, I'm stoked about it. It's my first theoretical ongoing sales, sales decide that not me. Um, besides Rick and Morty, of course, which isn't mine that hardly counts. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, I hate this place, which has an, a naughty name that some people don't use. So <laughs> Yeah, I want to ask about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was expecting something, honestly, like along the lines of Evil Dead. Um, this certainly isn't quite that, but the house plays a role as a geographical presence and as a character in the story, but it, it kind of twists the trope a little bit. So what were some of your influences for the story's construction? So uh, this, this book kind of has a little bit of an origin story. There's this place in Utah called uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Uh, I heard it. Okay. Well, if you know Skinwalker Ranch, uh, this is not Skinwalker Ranch, but that was certainly. So I heard, I listened to a podcast about Skinwalker Ranch and I'm like, this is really interesting. I've never heard or seen this sort of represented. Um, and uh, I, I, I was at New York Comic Con. So this was many years ago. And I, I, Mr. Kirkman, Robert Kirkman always comes by my table. He's very nice to me. He's it's very sweet. He does it every every time I go. And I was like, hey doesn't this sound like it would be an interesting setting for a story? And I sort of expanded on how, like maybe why things are the way they are. I'm like, doesn't that sound interesting? And he's like, he's like, Oh yeah, we, we could do that right now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just a setting. Like I don't have a story. Like I'm just saying, I'm just asking you as a professional writer, like, doesn't this, this haunt, like the thing is like houses are haunted, but this is like a place that's haunted. And then there's monsters and all the other paranormal stuff happening. It's like, it's so interesting to me. It's so different. Um, and so that's sort of the end of it. I'm like, oh, well, I'll think on it. Like, that's good to know that it doesn't seem like a really dumb idea. Um, <laughs> and when the pandemic hit, I, I emailed. And I was like, hey, you know, I don't have conventions. I'd really love the opportunity to work on something. Um, if you guys, I mean, I've done, this would be my 
third book with uh with Skybound, and I did a Dr Pepper comic with them, an impossible to find impossible uh, Dr Pepper comic. <laughs> um, so I like them, and they like me. <clears throat> Robert Kirkman's from Kentucky, and I'm from Indiana, so we're good Midwest boys. And he's like, "Yeah, you should do that thing you, you told me about at New York Comic Con," and I'm like, "Just a place, like just a setting, no no story." But I was like, "I, I do want to do that," so I figured it out, and that's sort of the setting. But I'd say it's, I I I have an interest in the narrative of paranormal things. I really like to listen to like uh, Coast to Coast AM. Uh, I, I am not a believer per se, but okay. I'm, inter I'm interested in it. And so, uh, and I love horror. If you, I think comedy and horror, comedy is of course what I'm known for. Uh, that's what I was nominated for, for awards. And that's what I've made my career on. They're very similar. They both require setup and pacing and you have to kind of, build the punchlines though punchlines are like you know someone getting murdered uh in a horror book sometimes in a comedy book too depending on how good you are at it uh, so yeah those are sort of the inspirations like i love that stuff but I, skinwalker ranch is a sort of a setting and then me trying to figure out what the stories i want to tell and i i love horror so much like i wanted to put i wanted to sort of be able to go through all the genres um which i think i'm doing uh pretty well I think it sets up pretty well a lot of what will be coming uh so yeah it's exciting I hope I answered that yeah absolutely yeah you you said you're from southern Indiana there's this weird sort of I'm from the south so it's got to me this southern gothic element that feels like Roswell you know and you mentioned Skinwalker Rants kind of establishing the identity um, it actually reminded me of something that Manly Wade Wellman I don't know if you're familiar with him as a writer Mm -mm. southern writer so. in terms of the way he did his, his world building construction so is it designed that this house could be anywhere or is it just anywhere in rural america without trees <clears throat> yeah i think it, the the location of the ranch is sort of vague and uh in sort of intentionally vague i think also the artist is not american so some of that is is sort of them applying their own aesthetics which i thought was really nice um, like what state is what state is in? I don't I don't know. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna concern myself a lot with it. Um, I the the ranch itself is difficult to find, which is sort of I don't do anything on accident, um, and that's the same with my comedy books. If I do a joke, the joke is setting something up. I don't just do bits, do bits. I don't do visual gags, just do visual gags. Like everything serves a function, and it's the same in this book. So so if someone says something, it probably will mean something later, uh, if not immediately later. And as the book opens, the book opens after I'm, you should buy the book guys, it's so good, but it opens with not the couple who inherits rants, but um, some armored car robbers. And they, they say, hey, like I'd never find this place again. And it's because sort of the roads around, like it's a creepy place and creepy things happen. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely throwing the kitchen sink of antagonists at uh, Trudy and Gabby there. Ghosts, aliens, horn guy on the cover. You know, why not stick with just one? Because this couple is wildly imperiled. Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, so, I mean, Gabby and Trudy are just, uh, I'm going to do air quotes. They're two relatively normal girls. Um, and that's what I think fascinates me most about horror things is it's not really, oh, what's the crazy threat, though? Obviously, the better the threat, the better the movie. But it's always, you know, it's always normal people. And how will they respond to this? And the thing about, you know, this particular place is like, there's no place like it. Like what, what's the, they can't leave. Essentially they can't leave. 
Um, they can, but as the book the book says is that the troubles will sort of follow them, uh, which we'll see actually in issue two. Um, like the ranch sort of always pulls back uh, uh, the Rutherford, it's Rutherford Ranch. If anyone who's of Rutherford descent, it sort of will pull them back in once they're there. Um, so they're forced to deal with it. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's really fascinating. It's like what it's always what it's what does a normal person do uh, in these sort of bizarre and dangerous situations? Well, had, have you ever lived in a house that was haunted or where weird stuff happened? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I have. I have not. Uh, we. I do live in Southern Indiana. We have a, a library here that's like one of the most haunted places in America. I think. Um, like I, I'm not particularly a believer. Uh, I think we're doing. There's talk. I don't know if I, I spoilers. I don't know. I think there might be doing like this uh, panel with a paranormal expert, and oh, I'm, gonna cool. have to, I'm gonna have to try to figure out how I, as someone who does not believe in these things particularly, and that's my uh, experience. If I haven't seen it, um, I worked with I worked with my uh, quickly. My wife worked at this library, and my wife believes in ghosts, so she has had experiences that that's the answer to. I worked with a guy who I, uh, I, when I worked for a newspaper years ago, who was just, he, he ran a farm on the side. He was just salt of the earth, normal guy. And yeah, he was like, Hey, UFOs are real. I saw them. I was driving the coast of Canada. I saw them like, that's it. And I'm, he's like, I've not had those experiences. I'm not saying those experiences aren't real, but I can only go, I'm a very rational person. Um, so no, I haven't, I, I I'm interested, but I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by our experiences and you know, where the veil ends, I guess, in many ways. Uh, so, you know, not me, but it, it, I'm sure, I'm sure it's out there. I don't know. I can't answer. Oh, no, it's all good. It's, it's all a good. tough one. Yeah. I mean, I have, I've had weird experiences. I was a, an assistant technical director for a theater that. Um, it's always theaters. Yeah. This one was crazy because it was a civil war hospital previously. And yeah. So there was, there was some very weird stuff that happened there that nobody could quite explain so yeah yeah well our two ladies in the story have shit coming at them sideways but what the book really felt like to me was this analysis of dealing with the unknown with no roadmap kind of like we all did with COVID so what yeah. was the benefits for the story so I think I mean like I said I think you nailed it and, and sort of what I said earlier is like the, the things that interest me uh in this this issue I don't know if it's going to be in the printed issue but they had me write like a letter to the editor, to the readers, but it was for Comics Pro. So I don't know if it's going to change. I don't, I don't know if the printing I have is different, but I wrote uh, a whole piece for the back matter, which is that, man, like to me, to me in my life, a noise in the dark is not scary. Um, I'm physically healthy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a white straight man. Like a bump in the dark isn't scary to me. In fact, you, I don't like, who are you in the horror movies? Like, I'm the guy who would die first because I'm the one who's going to say there's nothing out there. You're all being silly. And go outside and if there's you know i'll be in trouble but what is scary to me is sort of two part that come together in this one is not having a solution like especially today where we can google it we can look it up there's a youtube video that tells you how to fix it, it there's what's this sound like there's the solutions that exist for us in modern times are so great and it's amazing like the idea of not knowing what to do uh, as I, I was in the ER yesterday uh, because the left side of my face isn't working and I called the nurse and the nurse said go to the ER like I had there's a solution right like it was scary and then it, it wasn't the solution was was made so not having that 
not knowing what to do, not being able to find that solution is terrifying to me. And I think to anybody, because that the unknown, like that's the real unknown. The unknown isn't like what's at the bottom of the ocean. It's probably weird fish and rocks and water, but like the helplessness of not knowing. And the second thing I'm scared of is like someone I love being in peril, period. So this is those things together, you know, Gabby and Trudy love each other. And I think it's a really sweet, charming, like it's a true, true love. Um, and for them to have now found themselves, you know, one is sort of uh, Gabby's fault. It's, she's the Rutherford. She brought Trudy here. They never really had homes because they're, you know, uh, they're two queer ladies that have fallen in love and have been on the run or been on the road for different reasons. And uh, Trudy is sort of a uh, like survivalist. So it's, she, she's compelled to, to, to do this. And what do you do? Like, how do you fight a ghost? We'll find out maybe, or there's no way to fight a ghost. It's tough to say. Uh, so those are the two things that really interest me is like, is, is being the danger of the unknown, not the idea of the unknown, but the helplessness of it and having someone with you that you love because we're always responsible for that. Um, and that's greater than anything else. Like that, that loss, that threat is greater to me than anything else. Yeah, it was interesting after reading it to me because that was one of my notes is why I have a love story kind of smack dab in the in the middle of horror central, right? You know, it's not teenagers, college kids sneaking off to shag somewhere. This is adults trying to navigate a life together. And this is not something you normally see in horror. I, I think, no, I, I think there's more of it. It's just, it's always, it's always uh, straight people, you know, because Gabby and Trudy are, are happily together. They are comfortable together. They love each other. It's just a couple. Uh, it's just normally we don't see it and it's not straight people. And, and I, that was a clear choice because it didn't, I didn't want to, it didn't interest me to just see a bearded guy and his wife in a weird place with their pigtail daughter. It's like, you've seen that a million times. Um, and I just think it's more interesting. I think representation is really important. Um, like I think a more deft writer could do some really sort of incredible like metaphors and analogies and I'm not doing that, that's not my place, but I do think representation is really important. And I think seeing a couple that exists that's so rarely represented where it should be uh, was, was important to me. And it's more interesting because of it, so. Sure, yeah, the survivalist element was definitely left field. I didn't expect that one at all. Yeah, I like, I also, that's also like a, another kind of sort of uh, like fringe delusional too, right? Like it's like, we're whether it's real or not right you know what i'm saying it's like i'm yep. I, I have a real fear of ghosts well i have a real fear of uh, the water shortage causing like social fits like societal failure um but also you know also within these movies like do i like to see normal people yeah but i also like we also want to see people who are not completely incompetent i i saw some i read something really interesting about how you couldn't set like north by northwest in modern times because when that movie was made, people knew how to do so many different things. They were capable. They could, you know, they had skills greater than just one or two skills. Whereas today it's like, we'd just be on our cell phone trying to figure it out, right? Like he was running around trying to solve things uh, based on sort of the life he lived. So it's like, you want to have someone who's capable. It's important. Um, and I think they're both capable. They, they, Gabby is just, despite it all, is like a born optimist even in these terrible situations. And that's how she gets through things. That's her mechanism. 
is like, not that it could always be worse, but it's like that we can do this, like we can do this. And Trudy is sort of not an optimist, uh, but she's capable um, when, and she hasn't really been tested yet. I don't think she's really been tested. Uh, I love these girls. They both have good backstories. I, I really hope the series goes on long enough, which isn't that long, uh, that I get to sort of do their backstories and uh, sort of the, the, the escalation that I have planned for the next arc, I think is really great and exposes the property. I'm really excited about it. I really hope I get to do what I want to do. That's it, 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 it's like, this is my first ongoing, but what's an ongoing in 2022? Like I'm hoping for 15 issues, you know? Sure. Uh, I want to see where it goes. I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. Yeah, let's talk about the rest of the creative team. So I'm probably should have checked beforehand, but uh, I should have checked beforehand too. It's a, Art Young <laughs> is, is that we believe so. Art Yantopolin. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. So is credited as as a co-creator on the project as well as as being an artist. So tell me a little bit about your collaborative process and how you came to work together. So <laughs> this will be a disappointing answer. Uh, so so we we spent a long time trying to find uh, the right team for it. We really wanted to find a certain type of person uh, to be, it's, it's my, I shared, I shared ownership with him. So when it says uh, he's a collaborator, he is as any, as comics are. Yeah. Um, but he came in, I had three scripts done, I think uh, when he came in um, and basically, you know, Skybound found him and they said, we think this guy would do great on a, on a, on a horror series. I agreed. It looks great. Uh, they're very talented. Um, yeah, Artyom's a mystery because I'm not even for sure exactly where Artyom <laughs> where Artyom lives. He's not a, he's not American. He is either honestly Russian or Ukrainian. Don't know which one. I okay. think we're all we're, I think we're all scared to ask at this point because we're on issue like three together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been real interesting. And there's definitely like this is my first time working with someone who is a non English speaker. Um, so there's a lot of, I think, Google Translate going on through the pages, uh, but they're great. They're like, I, my hope, John Moisen, John Moisen, who's the editor on the book, said his hope, and I agree, and I think it will happen, is that people will see Artyom's work and be like, we want him on our book. Like, because this is Artyom's first thing. Um, I think on Comic Vine, he did like a, he did a one, like a, a, an anthology edition for an ice cream anthology. I haven't seen it, um, but he's done nothing. I know he's done stuff, but this is like his first major published work. Wow. He's very, I know he's very young. Um, I think issue one is great. I think his work on issue two and three are unbelievable. Like his, it's different. It has a, it has a tone to it, his work. Um, and there's some stuff he just, it's home runs. It's just home runs. So I'm excited. Like, if people like issue one, like his art, it gets so much better because you can tell he's like working it out. It's a, it's like a, a full issue, and there's some parts that I'd be like, mm, a little kinky here. But by it, like issue two from from one to the end is unbelievable. Issue three from one to the end is unbelievable. Um, and I think I think issue one's unbelievable. I think it's crazy good. But it's like I look at it and I see. I'm like, I don't know about that. You can see his confidence in the next two issues where he's like, I can, I can do this. Where I think there's some hesitancy in that first issue. Uh, but I think he's great. I think Aryan's going to be around for a, a long time. Uh, this might be, you know, I'll remember when he started on that weird spooky book. With that Kyle guy. With that, whomever, with that guy. Well, I'm always personally interested and invested in the color work on a series and 
Lee really definitely took this really broad range of tones and manages to make it all feel deep and saturated. It reminded me, honestly, of Scooby-Doo, where are you? That kind of palette from the 1970s. So how did Lee get involved with the project? Lee was brought in um, by Skybound 2. Okay. Uh, and uh, I know uh, my, my, my constant, my, or not my constant, but my often uh, uh, artist, Chris Weitzer knows Lee from, I think back in the day, I guess he did uh, Deadly Cast. That's my, uh, I didn't mean to say it funny. I again have Bell's palsy. Um, but yeah, I think Lee's done great. Uh, he came in with sort of a different take and Aryum was Aryum was literally like, can you color this like you colored the, the other things? Because I think Lee wanted to play it kind of safe. Um, so those two guys, I think they really get what the other is doing. Um, as someone who has drawn a bunch of books, yeah. um, to to like, and I've written a bunch of books that other people drew. It's it's really interesting to me for this book. It's sort of those two guys are working it out. Like I I'm staying out of it, and it's okay. great to sort of watch how they they can how they communicate um, because they get it. Like Lee Lee's a pro, man. Uh, he is very good. I think the coloring is is great. Uh, I'm glad that they made the choices that they did it's it's dope those two i mean i can't say enough about the artwork like the quality of the artwork in the book i think it's great i love that i'm not drawing it so much uh and that they like we got the right guys we got the right people for the job have you worked with pat uh, brousseau the handling who's handling the lettering on this before or um i don't know if they did assassination i'd have to look i don't think so okay so i don't think so that's a good question. I don't think so. Well, we've kind of established this being about the unknown. Um, I wanted to go back and, and kind of focus on, you have to play by the house rules though, which is, which is kind of interesting. So it's a, it's a haunted house with an identity, if you will. I don't want to give too much away, but you know, what can you tell us about the rules? Yeah, so, so like I said, they, you know, Gabby inherited this place from her aunt and uncle whom they never sort of, they visited only maybe once or twice. Uh, I don't want to give anything away either. Yeah. Anyway, their, her aunt had lived on this ranch sort of her entire life and they never left uh, and she inherited it. And when they get there, there's all these crazy things happening. Um, and um, they find a VHS tape and it's from her aunt and her aunt says, you know, uh, you won't ever be safe, but if you follow these rules, you'll be safer, basically. Um, and those rules are uh, don't let the ghost touch you. Never go into the woods. And if you see the horned man, you run. Uh, I love horror stuff like this. It's my favorite. Type, it's my favorite type of horror nonsense. They, of course, don't do any of these things. Um, because that's the whole point of having these rules is, yep. is so that, you know, the viewer knows where, where the stakes are there. Listen, there, the ghost touches someone in the first issue. Um, the ghosts I think are really exciting too. They're real. We, we do something. I'm trying not to do anything people have done before though with familiar things. It's yep. not a haunted house. It's a haunted ranch. Um, when the ghost touch, I don't, I'm not giving anything away. Right. I mean, I like it's just so. good. I think it's good hype. So the ghost on this property, when they, if they should touch you, you immediately relive the moment before they die, which means also you could die because you're in that moment. 
So each ghost has died in different ways. There's there's ghosts everywhere. Um, and they're a, a physical threat, right? Like, I think that's really interesting. I think having this, this thing happen that I haven't seen happen ever before where you have to survive someone else's death every time it should happen, I think it's really interesting. I think you'll see when we get to the monsters, whatever's in the woods, uh, I think is different, at least a little different, different enough. Uh, and the horn man will be different too. And the ranch is different. The lights in the skies will be different. That has the, the threat of familiarity, which I think is really interesting to sort of set you up on this adventure. And the hope will just be people want to go on this adventure. What's up with this place? Uh, how will they get out? Like, will they get free? Do they want to get free? I mean, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they just want to fix it. Maybe they just want to figure out how to fix this place. Um, but yeah, the rules were there because that's how her, her uncle and aunt were able to live there and, and work there uh, for decades. Um, well, having grown up when I did, I feel like we need to cue the intro music for the X-Files, you know, prior to somebody reading this. Who's going to really love it? I mean, I, I think I think people who who really enjoy like a good paranormal podcast, like I feel like for sure, like those are the people who like to hear a good like that kind of spooky story. I think, uh, man, I think anyone who likes horror will like it if, if they're the kind of people that have a Shutter subscription. Right. If you're like, man, I like all the genres. Um, I think you'll like it. Uh, I think people who just like a jaunt, like who like a good romp will be, will be down for it. Um, I hope everyone likes it. I don't know. <laughs> like, I hope everyone likes it. I think there's something in there for everybody. That's, that's how I always try to make my books, even my comedy books. Um, and comedy, you know, it's hard to do broadly, but it's like, I, I'm not trying to make a book for, for one person per se. I'm trying to make a book for everybody. But I'm also not trying to make a book that someone's seen before or read before. I want it to feel like a, a unique experience that's not off-putting by being unique. Um, so like a, everything I want to be like a little sort of a twist on a familiar feeling. Yeah, I mean, we're going through this, I feel like a renaissance in comics with the horror genre specifically right now. For sure, yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, James Tinian's really good. Um, I think is the first, I think the, the, for, the first answer to that. I, I, I think what I would like to say, because I don't know the answer, I, you know who I think would be best suited to answer this question would probably be like uh, a handful of retailers. But I think, and I don't know if it's the pandemic, I think when terrible things happen, people want scary things. They, they ingest scarier things more. I think that's historically something that's been proven. Yeah. But I, I would like to think is that people maybe more people are coming to comics because of the movie so i know they're not um but they don't want superheroes i think this is just like and and the thing is like superheroes always work in comics horror doesn't always work but it's sort of that as a as like a, a flavor of ice cream i think it's something that people who read comics also enjoy um that's what i think my, my or that's not what i think i think it's because terrible things are happening but I, my hope is it's because we're sort of slowly moving away that other things are okay from comics. But I mean, James Tinian has two bangers, just bangers out of horror books. And when there's two good genre books, uh, it makes room for, for other people to sort of slide in there too. Uh, shout out to uh, Nice House on the Lake and Something's Eating the Children. They're, those are crazy good. They're just crazy good books. Oh, they're exceptional. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to give a shout out too to people who are listening. If they haven't heard of the, um, you had mentioned podcasts, like horror podcasts. I don't know if you've heard the Old Gods of Appalachia. It's excellent. I haven't, but uh, I'll check it. Actually, my my friend Schweitzer is all about Appalachian. Uh, he's from Appalachian people. I'm going to have him, I'll have him do it and then tell me if it's any good. He might get scared though. He gets scared easy, I think. Uh, he doesn't get scared. No, but I'll check that. I, think, I feel like someone actually mentioned that to me recently. Uh, it's I would check quite it out, good. Um, well, do you have any other projects you'd like to give a little oxygen to while we're chatting today? Anything else going on? For me? Yeah. Um, I mean, not really. I just had uh, six, uh, six Eye Kicks of Trigger Keaton wrap up. Uh, the trade came out in January uh, from Skybound. We're very proud of that. It's a action comedy murder mystery. Um, I, I think it's great. Uh, my book, Old Head, which is a horror comedy, came out in October of last year from Image Comics. Uh, also, uh, not like anything else, which I'm really proud of, makes it hard to sell. Uh, but if, if you like spookies and jokies, I guess, check it out. Those are both real good. Um, I have a Patreon. Everyone has a Patreon, right? Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com. Kyle Starks, I think. Backslash Kyle Starks. I should buy know. you a coffee. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's the other one. That's Ko-Fi coffee. I can't ever. Ko-Fi? I don't do that. Yeah. I, I like to give I like to give a service. I'm not I'm not opening my hand. I'm I'm blessed to not have to do that. I love that. Well, people are going to have to read the book to understand my last question. But were you a facts of life fan growing up? I I for sure was. <laughs> um uh I definitely had a crush on Sam and who didn't love Nat and Trudy. I mean, like show me, show me who who didn't love Nat and Trudy in what, like 1992 or whenever, that was definitely on every TV at every mall all the time. Uh, yeah, man, facts of life, we're down, we're down for it. <laughs> well, I hope we teased enough with the details that everyone wants to pick up. I hate this place. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to see how things develop for Trudy and Gabby, if they survive. And I think Image is, they still have their their no reprints, right? That, that going on? Uh, heard i don't know uh uh they they don't tell me these things i don't know but i did i know that's going on but i don't know if it's still going on well if people want copies they need to definitely call and reserve at the local comic book shops today if they haven't pre-ordered it you know yeah final order cutoff is the 25th of april i believe okay Um, and there's there's two covers one has a dirty word on it which is the name that we wanted to use um because i curse a lot and i didn't think about curses being displayed on public (laughs) places i guess uh, but image and re- some retailers do not like the dirty word. So there's okay. two covers. Uh, if you want the dirty word cover, then you can you, say you, it. Oh, you can say. Oh it. yeah. So originally, we, I mean, it's funny we went over this title. I mean, this is a whole other story if we have time for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, when I came up with this book, when I pitched this book, it's fuck this place. That's the name yep. of this book. To me, if you put me in uh, like uh, uh, the poltergeist house, that's all. That's me. I'd be like fuck this place. Yep get let we fuck this place and then there's like the sort of bruce campbell once you once you survive you're like fuck this place i'm like this is the feeling of this this is the tone of this book it's like that's the tone i want um and we sort of went back and forth on titles a little bit early and i was like no this is the one this sums up the book like this is the tone of the book is someone standing in the middle of a you know the dark with the moon and their shadows and i fuck this place like that's the story i'm telling um and so you know skybound relented to my demands 
and then immediately we got an email from Image, which was like, oh yeah, the retailers will not like this. Uh, so we went with, I hate this place. Um, I think I subconsciously knew, but I did not know that this had already happened with a previous title, uh, which is I hate Fairyland was originally called Fuck Fairyland. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I, I think I knew that. I think I forgot that because I, I think I would have maybe came up with, I hate this place. It's just, it's the same tone to me. It's just the nicer. Um, but yeah, so we're doing like a extent, like an expanded image fuck slash. I hate this place uh, universe. So look forward, I guess like eight years from now when someone else does the exact same stupid thing that I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you want fuck this place as a title, you'll probably almost definitely have to special order it. Um, and that's the one I want to sign. If you come to me at shows, bring me fuck this place. That's the one I want to sign. Done. Uh, It'll be the more collectible one too, probably. So if you're into yep. that. So yeah, you, you need a pre-order. Pre-orders are important. I'm sure everyone talks about it here all the time. Um, so yeah, tell your story. You want it and they'll hold it for you. And they're going to order some anyway. So you might as well tell them you want it. And then you'll get issue two, which is only better. And we're still looking at a mid-May release date. Is that right? Yeah, I think, yeah, it comes out mid-May. Um, okay. Yeah, I asked, I asked last week, I think April 24th or 25th, whichever that Monday is. Uh, is the, the final order cutoff. So we have a month of promotion. I'm glad to be starting here with you guys. We really appreciate it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. So, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the original title, but Kyle, it's been a real pleasure to get to talk to you today about Fuck This Place, because that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's right. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining me on what we call the Triple C Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. All right, this is Byron O'Neill on behalf of all of us at Comic Book Yeti. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, everybody. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.